Hello, everybody, and welcome to Untether.tv. I'm your host and founder, Rob Woodbridge. Well, today, as usual, I have an exceptional guest. I have the great pleasure, and you have the great pleasure, of listening to Greg Hickman. Greg is the founder of and host of a podcast called Mobile Mixed at MobileMixed.com. The podcast is a dedicated, he's dedicated to mobile marketing. He is the author of the brand new book, The SMS Marketing Handbook. You can get that at SMSMarketingHandbook.com. Who is Greg? Well, he's created mobile programs for the New York Jets. There's a, there's a theme here. The Florida Marlins, the Carolina Panthers, AT&D, and recently Cabela's. He has close to 100 podcasts about mobile marketing featuring himself, some insane guests that have actually enlightened me. I listen to this podcast religiously. So should you at mobilemixed.com. Greg, welcome to untether.tv. I can't believe what has taken us so long to do this. <laughs> I have no idea, but thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. It's a pleasure. Well, this is no, this is, this is totally my pleasure because I like I know the content that you produce is uh, is stellar. I know that you have just been back from some like whirlwind speaking engagements, and I know that you have been heads down with your book, you know, writing yeah. writing this book. So, um, you know, I want to I want to jump into this quickly. We're going to attack the question that everybody asks right now uh, from me, and I'm pretty sure it's from you, which is probably why you wrote this book to begin with. But why should marketers care? Why should they give a damn about <laughs> SMS? Isn't it dead? No, it's definitely not dead. It's maybe it's dying peer to peer, but it's not dying, you know, customer to business. Um, it's just one of the most powerful channels that exists in mobile. And if you look at any of the brands that that use mobile really, really well, uh, SMS is by far and away the workhorse of their mobile strategy. It connects everything together. It connects their app strategy. It connects to their their email. Complements their email. Um, complements their their app messaging um, strategy. So, really, it's it's because it works and <laughs> um, and it's cost effective. Um, but I always kind of mention that, like, I think what's still interesting, and you know, I know this was true at least late last year, um, is that Coca Cola, and I'm, I'm sure you know this, maybe you've talked about this, but Coca Cola spends seventy percent of their mobile marketing budget on SMS. Still, 2013, 2014, they're still spending a majority of their budget on SMS. And when asked why, the response is always, we invest in what is effective. <laughs> and I just love that. It's because it's true. Strong endorsement sitting right there. We yeah. invest in things that are effective. Yeah. Signed Coca-Cola and SMS. Signed well, but you know, there's there is a lot of conversation around this because I mean we know this that what's the the percentage of SMS that is, that are opened or reacted upon within the first few seconds? Like it's 90, crazy, like ninety percent in three minutes. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, and, and email is is uh, you know ninety percent never right? Yeah, yeah, yeah right. Because I know <laughs> I know that I know that you know from uh, from my perspective is that I am I'm, I am pretty much email bankrupt. I talk about this a lot of the time. Is that email comes mm -hmm. in and it comes in and it's just like a torrent of mm -hmm. volume, and it sits in my inbox for quite some time. And most more often than not, it, it becomes expired, without even me looking at it. And then I look yeah. through it. and I'm like, oh, nuts! That was that would have been good to see nine weeks ago. <laughs> but with SMS, it's the reason yeah. why if you're late on your bill with your mm -hmm. your credit card company or your uh, your carrier your service provider they send it by sms why well yeah. because it's pretty effective you're going to listen and yeah. watch it yeah absolutely so uh, you know what when when it comes to these things how did you amass your knowledge around uh, you know mobile marketing in general and then why focus on sms 
Uh, so I got well, I got started in marketing mobile early, to, so 2005, and we were working with a lot of professional sports teams doing SMS, and I just saw how engaged customers were, fans were with a lot of those sports teams that I worked with, and um, just a great way, effective, immediate, personal, um, that you create this communication that you can't do with any, really any other channel. Like there's nothing right now that's out there that offers as immediate uh, of an engagement. And um, you know, the, the response to SMS messaging when done correctly, blows other channels out of the water like crazy you know like i mean like sms campa- sms campaigns and mms campaigns i mean i've seen and talked to people that have like 65 plus percent response rate to messages that they send like there's there are not many other channels that really do that so um why sms one because i love it and it works and i think not enough people are still using it it's like one of the foundational foundational tactics that any really business should be considering using, you know, retail by far and away should be using this Absolutely. as one of the main things they're doing. Um, but really, uh, in, in my podcast, when people subscribe to my newsletter, um, I usually ask, uh, you know, what's one thing that, you know, you'd like to learn more about? And again, by far and away, everyone is really interested in, in SMS. So, uh, I decided to write the handbook on <laughs> on it. <laughs> so you listen to your customers. That's yeah. a good way of doing it. Yeah. Well, t- talk about the book then. You know, I've got a bunch of questions around. Uh, you know, maybe I'll give you a, a second to think about these questions, which is like, what's the best use that uh, you know of SMS? What is the best, most effective way to use SMS? And then for you, what has mm-hmm. been the most effective SMS campaign that you've ever seen on the planet? If you were going to hand out an Oscar for SMS use. I want you to think about that, but while it's going through your brain, I mm-hmm. want you to talk about the SMS handbook because yeah. this is this is a colossal undertaking, man. Congratulations on getting Thank this you. thing out the door. Yeah, thanks. I really appreciate it. It was uh, definitely a lot of work, and surprisingly, one of the things that I've worked the, the, probably the hardest on <laughs> ever. Yes. Um, so, well, so it's an ebook, um, and there's. Um, there's reasons that I made it an ebook. One, because it can be on mobile devices, so it still plays nice with mobile. Um, obviously, self-publishing is nice, but um, really, it, it covers, you know, why people should should be talking about SMS even still. Um, all of the basics. So this definitely, for the most part, I would say is skews towards more of the beginner, um, but it does get into some more advanced conversation. Um, so the basics, you know, language, the ecosystem, um, why the ecosystem is important. Uh, compliance is a theme throughout the book uh, with, you know, with the wireless carriers and the recent TCPA um, act and everything, the, the rules that changed in October. Um, so we talk about that. Uh, and then what is, really just hey, answer answer sure. what, what is the TCPA act? Like uh, sure. many, many, many people I know probably won't know that. Yeah, so the TCPA is the Telephone Consumer and Protection Act, um, and in the United States, um, they infor- they just a- announced a new rule regulation, a part of that, um, that went effective October 16th of 2013, that basically said, um, if you're sending messages from an auto-dialed system, which is they're bucketing SMS platforms into that, um, then you need to have prior express written consent from the recipient. Um, so if 
you're listening from the states and you are subscribed to any sort of big brands, you might have noticed that week in October, you probably got hit with a bunch of text messages asking you to resubscribe um, with these new disclaimers that are now required for us to use. Um, and you know, it hurt a lot of people, and a lot of people because of that said SMS is dead. Um, but for me, I look at it as well. Now we're just weeding out all of the the bad people, spammers. Yeah. yeah, and and the people that were maybe going to attempt to kind of you know not play by the rules. Um, so uh, that was a big thing. So I, I talk about that a little bit. I don't talk about it too much because for two reasons. One, I'm not a lawyer, um, and I don't want to. You just play one on TV. Yeah, I just play one on my podcast. <laughs> um, but so that's one reason. Um, and then two, um, the you can purchase the book in one of three different ways. One, you could just get just the ebook. Two, there's what I call the starter package, and it's the ebook, and you get three um, training lessons from experts, one of which is um, a lawyer who, an attorney that focuses on Great. mobile law, or the laws and regulations around mobile. So he does an hour and I think maybe 20 minute video presentation on all about TCPA. Um, so if like anyone is concerned with that, like I would say that's the package for you because that it has plenty of content around that. Obviously, it's the legal stuff, so it's not like the most exciting, but uh, it is it is pretty important. So that's that's in there. Um, and then the com and there's uh, one or two resources that come along with that package. And then the complete package there's seven video trainings and four resources. Like one is um, over the years I've been collecting. Uh, the word-for-word -word scripts that brands, all different types of businesses use when they send messages. So um, I've cataloged over, probably over like 300 or so different messages and you know bucketed by brand and all that stuff and you can go in and if you're looking for you know how do they communicate xyz you can see how other types of businesses are using sms from literally word to word do they use coupon codes do they use links um so that's one of them and then uh, a couple video tutorials on like just setting up simple campaigns through a couple tools um but yeah so a lot of different ways you can get the book and you know i wanted to make it digital one because of the mobile aspect of it um and two because of the cost effectiveness of, of getting it out there ease of distribution all exactly. that kind of stuff yes you don't have to go through a publisher and and quite frankly the publishers don't help and, and plus you know what as independent guys like you and i are mm -hmm. uh you'd like to keep as much of that revenue as possible for your efforts that yeah. went into it right and, and yeah, you know what? i love digital products like this because uh you know the way that you split it up but it, you can get that enhanced version if you really need to sit through an hour and 20 minutes of uh you know of a lawyer speaking hopefully there's a great sound track behind him that yeah. enhances it but but <laughs> you know I, I think that there's that is the breadth of the product is worth the dollars spent but it's not worth the effort that has been spent into it. you know what I mean like there's, uh, yeah, there's yeah. an imbalance right so whatever yeah. whatever we can do to support Greg in, in doing this I, I mean I implore you if you're watching this or you're listening to this <laughs> go and buy the book just sit down and go and buy the book the effort is you know far outweighs the price that is being that is being levied on this thing yeah, and, and really, quite frankly, I mean, if you look at the seven experts that are in the complete package, I mean, outside of the lawyer, I mean, his time alone, uh, like his hourly rate, I think, is like 500 or $700 an hour, plus the amount of time he used to put that presentation together, which was multiple hours. So that one video alone is worth over $1,000. That's crazy. And then um, Bruce Hershey, 
um, who is now the VP of strategy at Archer, um, which is a you know SMS provider and agency. Um, he does a whole session on um, how to create a contact strategy. So, you know, yes, SMS is important, but we understand that you still use email, you still use social, you still use push notifications and app notifications. How do they all work together and complement each other? So that's what he talks about. Um, James uh, Citron uh, does, you know, MMS, a um, bunch of different characters from, you know, the, the SMS platform world. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there's, you know, the, 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 the value group, is that, yeah, crazy. the value of those people. I mean, you get an hour of listening to these people talk. You know, it's it's definitely worth the worth the money for the book. <laughs> plus, plus Greg Hickman's mind. Like ninety four. Yeah. Like you've done you've done close to a hundred podcasts with you know a mix between guests and uh, and your own thoughts and your own advice and your you know yeah. based on the experience that you've had since if, if we're doing this man like nine years now in in uh, M, you know. M, <laughs> SMS marketing, so uh, that that can't be discounted. Like we always forget yeah, yeah. that is that hey, you know, Greg, you're an expert doing this, buddy. You should take a little bit. You're, you're like the Canadian, right? Is that you yeah. just say like oh, <laughs> oh yeah, I guess I'm an expert, but you are, right? Uh, I guess, yeah. So what? <laughs> been what, at it for a while. <laughs> you have, yeah, exactly. You've made all the mistakes, but I love that uh, that one uh, the one thing about uh, the 300 or so different SMS campaigns and and the screen grabs. I think that's a great thing, simply because it's it just shows you that um, you, you know if you, if you need if you're stuck if you need a place to start that's a great place to start if you ask me yeah yeah and you'll i mean if you and then when you look at them you'll start if you're observant you'll start to see some trends on how people use it which you know might influence how you use it yeah well what what do you think is the best use for sms i mean it really depends on your business so it's a i know boring answer but um a couple things i'll highlight um i think uh reminders so, like, I think reminders are really important, um, especially for smaller businesses. So, like, there is a study that um, a single physician practice loses um, over $150,000 a year to no-shows. And a multi-physician practice, that is over a million. So... By implementing something as simple as text message reminders of your appointment to reduce the number of no-shows, you can recoup a lot of that money and, you know, quite possibly change your whole year. Um, I know that, like, I work with a local, like, salon in, here in Denver, and um, we did the math about number of times, like, how much money she could potentially be losing if she, does, if she has days with open appointments. Um, and she has like one part-time employee and it's like $27,000 a year if people don't show up to the number of appointments that they have historically not shown up to. Now she uses SMS to fill spots when she sees an opening in the calendar. So like, you know, that today is ending and she sees that there's two time slots open tomorrow. She'll send out a message, you know, in the afternoon today or the early evening with a little, a little incentive to get those slots full. And it works every single time. I mean, she has a list of 400 people and it still works every single time. Like you don't need hundreds, you don't need like thousands upon thousands of people. Um, so that's like, that's a big thing. The other thing I think that's really great um, outside of just driving like physical foot traffic, like using time sensitive offers, which is pretty common. I think there's a strategy behind that. And we use it at Cabela's um, and I see, I see a lot of other retailers using it and it's, um, using SMS to 
increase the average order value per customer. So for example, um, say your, your store, you know that when someone comes into your store, they spend on average $100, right? Um, that's the value of the cart. So you can send a message now that says, hey, when you show this code in store between this very small window, a couple days maybe, and you spend over $150, we'll give you 20. So what happens then, you drive these people and they spend over, if, at say the minimum, 150, you give them 20, you're at 130, you increase the average order value per person by $30 and you've just self-funded the entire program. Right, right. So like that's amazing and it works and it works pretty much every single time um, as long as you really understand that about your business like you know average you know average value of you know every customer that comes in you can then tie that to okay well if we can get an incremental lift of x dollars that changes our week or our month or our quarter by this percentage and it all becomes like kind of like a no-brainer it does <laughs> you know? But, and then you do that once a week, you know. It's like something like that once a week in different variations, you know. And and uh, you know, I see I see companies doing this, but I also see companies shying away from this. And and I guess the, their general perception is, listen, we don't want to spam our users, we don't want to spam our customers with this kind of mm -hmm. stuff. But like. You know, when you have a 90% open rate or an engagement rate within three minutes, and then you have this kind of success, which increases basket size in stores, mm -hmm. uh, you know, then then how do you? It works do, online too, by the way. It does. Yeah. yeah. But how do you then? How do you get? How, how do you get these guys over this fear of using this tool but not abusing it? Right. Yeah. It's um, tough. It is tough, and you know that was something we dealt with at Cabela's. Um, you know, I kept the program like really low key, you know, internally for a while. Um, because the second the the merchandisers and the digital merchandisers heard about it, they were gonna be like, oh well we want our product to be promoted in, in a text. And I'm like, no, this is not we're not doing it's not promotion like a that. text a day. This yeah. is one text a week, you know, and that's that sort of thing. And then for the holidays we had opted people into a higher cadence for like a holiday, you know, specials, which was actually um, up to one a day. Um, you know, but yet we got people opted into that higher frequency. Um, it, it really does come down to just having someone that I think really will stick to their guns, you know, <laughs> like take ownership of it, be an in, yeah. in, inside champion, do all those things. Right. And that's why, yeah. I mean, that's why you were, that's what you were in Cabela's, right? You fought those battles Oh my and, God, every and day. protected it. Right. And protected every day. Yeah. Um, did I give you enough time to think about what you thought was what you think is the single greatest, the Oscar winning SMS campaign of your entire existence? Well, so it's tough because I don't know all of the the statistics from a lot of these campaigns other than the ones like reported on yeah. Mobile Marketer. Yeah. But I can tell you a company that I really like watching using SMS right now, and that's um, American Eagle Outfitters. Um, and a shout out to, uh, to, to Bruce Hershey on that one. Cause he's really helping spearhead that with them and, um, just spoke about that at a conference and, you know, they're seeing like over 60% engagement rates from their 60%. SMS messages yeah, yes. over like I, 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 I'm saying 60 because I know it's higher, but I can't remember exactly how high it was between 60 and hundred. I think it was like, it was either like 67 or something like that. Yeah you know, response to, you know, these very time sensitive offers that drove incremental lift. Um, and it was, you know, very much geared towards the holiday. 
Um, they had a really cool campaign where they were giving away prizes every single day um, throughout the holiday. It was like or it was like the twelve days of Christmas or mm -hmm. something, um, and it was connected to this amazing mobile web experience. Um, and you'd click on this link from the text message, and it would take you to this cool mobile page. And you'd tap on a present that was wrapped, and you'd watch it unwrap. And there was one of many prizes that you'd win every single day. Sometimes it was 40% off. Sometimes it was $40 off. They were giving away gift cards. They gave away a shopping spree. Um, and it was just super engaging and a message every day, value every day, right through the holidays. And to this day, they still send really like, you know, you see their messages. They have like maybe a three to five day shelf life with a code. Sometimes they're good in store. Sometimes they're good both in store and online. Mm -hmm. yeah. So they're mixing that up. Um, so I just really like what they're, and they're consistent. That's the thing. A lot of people dive into it and they'll send one message a month and then they'll forget a month and things like that. But like you really need to, to get the most out of it. You need to be really consistent, have that determine what your cadence is going to be and your frequency is going to be and like live and die by it. See, for, for me, that is something that is, is so significant, right, is that yeah. I get just like, you know, many, many, many Americans and many Canadians, I get, uh, you know, the Gap and Banana Republic every single day, it's 40% off and it becomes the, you know, the MSRP is now no longer relevant to me. There's, there's no, like, I, I love these emails that I get, which is really standard stuff, which is, you know, hey, Today only 40% off, mm. but then I know tomorrow it'll be 35% off and then a week today it'll be 40% mm. off again, right? So there's no, this this is a terrible use of marketing campaign. And, you know, my open rate has declined steadily with those emails because I know whenever mm. I need to, I can just open up my spam and I'll get that with a coupon that I yeah. need. But if you juxtapose that against this open rate that you're talking about, 60 plus percent, whatever it might be, versus the ridiculous banner ad that you're spending money on right now uh, and mm -hmm. the click-through rate and then maybe an engagement somewhere down the road or yeah. even, uh, you know, an email open rate, which is probably sub 10%, maybe 10 to 15% open rate on a massive spam lists um, right. or targeted 60% people who you know that are going to walk in your store and spend some money who who value yeah. this. I, I, I wonder... How come people aren't doing this? Is it just well, education? And two things. Well, two things actually. Before I go to that, um, that I want to make clear is like one with the SMS and how it complements email. Like, I mean, I know people that are using SMS as a way to increase email open rates. So they you send an email and you notice that the subscriber hasn't opened it in three days. Well, you can send a text message to that person, assuming they're you know, obviously they're opted, opted in. Opted in, yeah, yeah. And it's like, hey, we sent you a code for the special. Oh, wicked. Be sure to check your inbox. And then they go back and they find it, and it kind of like revitalizes the email campaign. So now they're using SMS to remind people to, <laughs> to go check the email because there was something important. So that's one thing I think that's really valuable. And then two is, you know, we talked a lot about you know, the, the dollars off, save 40, whatever. Um, to shamelessly tie this back to the book also is Kane Russell from Waterfall Mobile on another amazing uh, platform um, and agency. Uh, he does a whole session on um, how to craft a call to action that converts. Mm -hmm. And he goes into a whole session on it doesn't always need to be monetary. Like there can be non-monetary incentive that gets people to opt in and take action, like like access. You know, you can give people exclusive access to something that they're you know that is delivered through the SMS as a channel. Um, you know, you could give some sort of like 
exclusive information, uh, you know, things like that. So like he, in, in the, his video training, he talks about, all about incentive, how to communicate that incentive, and also that it doesn't always need to be uh, dollars off because that, that's something that I faced with Cabela's because Cabela's historically is not a discounter. They don't really discount. I mean, they have sales, but like they don't really do coupons or anything like that. So, um, you know, we had to, you know, figure out ways to kind of get them to, you know, give us a little bit of leeway there with, with the SMS campaign. But, you know, they're, they're looking to use, I mean, if they still are, I don't know, but they were planning on it to use SMS to like communicate like exclusive events in stores, you know, for their VIP customers and things like that, that aren't really, you know, monetary. It's just, Hey, we, we only get them fit, in. We can only fit 50 people in this yeah. event. We're just going to tell you first through SMS if you're on it. Cause that means you're important to us. So I think but, that was just important to but that's a good but that's a good strategy right is that is that you know the people that are on your sms list are mm -hmm. of of uh, above email and above your casual user right so this is an opt-in these are people mm -hmm. that are that are dedicated to the brand yeah. you know and, and and so um your goal with those guys maybe they come in three times a month your goal is to get them in there the fourth time because you know that as you said they spend 100 bucks each time so bring them in one more time through an sms campaign like this through exclusive events i mean we talk about currency you and i yeah. right yeah, yeah. podcasts video podcasts blogs currency comes in many forms it comes in mm -hmm. dollars right yeah it also comes in page views it comes mm -hmm. in audio listens and yeah. itunes time. subscribers email right yeah, yeah. time time uh, mm -hmm. the you know the time on the site time in the audio and the video mm -hmm. right so you got to understand that that currency is not always about discounts or always about right, dollars right. so yeah um, like uh, now part of part of what we got to we we got to talk about here is is this whole like you're not just SMS marketing right, right, and you yeah. you are like the mobile marketing guy right and and <laughs> like a, a highly specialized in a field that is i don't know emerging at and uh, emerging at a at a rate that is about to accelerate at an incredible mm -hmm. rate how's that yeah, um yeah. But so so uh, elevating from SMS, there's got to be some mm -hmm. there got to be th some things that you think like considerations around being successful in in mobile and successful mm -hmm. in mobile marketing. Can we run through a few of those? And, yeah, and then yeah, I'm going absolutely. to talk about location after that. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I think everybody that has trouble with mobile right now, I would say most of the time they're they're having trouble because they're diving in tactically. Right. Period. Period. There's yeah. no strategy. They got nothing. Like there's like SMS suite. Oh, we're gonna build an app. Sweet. We got push notifications. Awesome. Location based messaging. We got that. You know all this stuff, and it's like all from a tactical perspective, and that's why people fail uh, because they like forget marketing 101. Um, so <laughs> I usually, um, you know, kind of focus on the customer, uh, and you know I just did a, a presentation at New Media Expo. Um, in Vegas in January, and I talked about how we as consumers consume content, and why that, why mobile has, how mobile has affected that, and then what you need to do because of the way that we consume content. So there are, I'm sure there's other studies that that argue this, but there are apparently four modes of consumption, four. So there's focused use, which is you know, you most likely like an example is reading a book. Like you're focused on that one thing. There's no other devices. Very focused on that task at hand. And uh, what's what I found interesting about focus use was a lot of the examples that I found around focus use always refer to reading books. Well, 
then we had you know e-readers you know which then spawned into tablets and uh, there's a company called uh, Read Mills. They make an app that lets you read books on your devices. And they found through their studies and their own analytics that they have more people reading books from their smartphone than they do tablets. What? Yeah. So the people, like the device that was created to digitize books is now losing to the phone, which people are reading books on these things. Come and, on. And you know what? I do it too. Like I actually read a book from this. So like it's great. It's easy. It's with me. I can do it wherever I am. I don't always need to have my tablet with me. So even focus use has been disrupted by mobile. So then you have dual consumption, which is everyone talks about second screen. So you have, you know, tablet and a phone in hand or whatever, watching TV. 85% um, of smartphone usage is happening while at home, while watching TV. 41% yeah. of Americans do it every single day. Stationary, you know? not mobile, Stationary. sitting not, on the couch. Not on the go, yeah. not in a rush. Yeah. Maybe distracted, but dual consumption. Yeah. So mobile's created dual consumption. Uh, then you have time shifting, which is like on demand. So like think about the times or if you're listening, if you've ever downloaded a movie to your tablet before you got on a plane right. or you used Instapaper or read it later or now pocket, pocket um, yep. to read an article later. So like now it's on our terms, right? So we choose when we're going to consume the content that you so rushed to get out there on every Thursday. I'm going to, I'm going to consume it next Thursday yeah. and then I'm going to get your, I'm going to be two weeks behind you. And then lastly is, um, Info snacking, which is like the biggest one, is when you consume content during times that would have otherwise been wasted or, you know, Standing not Standing in valuable. line or something like Stand that. Standing in line. My favorite, the toilet. 75% <laughs> of us Americans are, you know, proven to have used the phone on a toilet. I don't do that. I don't do that yeah, at all. I don't, I don't do that, that at all. So, um, like... You have to understand how people and how your customers specifically are doing that. Obviously, there's really no analytics that will tell you if your customer is reading your content on a toilet. But you know, you could do surveys. You can do you know surveys. Do you with ask customers. that in a survey? Like, hey, do you do you watch this on the? Do you read this on so, the toilet? I haven't asked that question. But like for Cabela's, we asked in surveys, do you bring your phone with you on hunts? Like, is it on? Right. Do, do you have cell phone service when you're out in some of these places? I mean, you get some really interesting questions. I mean, Cabela's is hunting, fishing, camping. Like, it's all about being outdoors. Like, when I think of that, I don't think of having my phone with me. No. But we got some interesting responses of, well, when I'm sitting in a blind for five hours, what do you think I'm doing? I'm scrolling through Facebook. Right. Like, I have like seven extra batteries if I even have reception at, you know, at that point. Yeah. So it's like, Knowing that, how do how do how would we change the way that we market to them, that we communicate with them? So I think it's really about understanding your customers and how your customer might be engaging with you, when they're engaging with you, where they're engaging with you. Uh, I, I interviewed the um, the head of it was either the head of digital or the head of mobile at that point uh, for um, Brookstone. Yes, and fascinating episode. They found that their tablet usage skyrocketed at 10 p.m. at night. All right? Yeah, why 10? People are in bed. Yeah. So, but they also found that two product categories soared from tablet transactions. iPad accessories, 
and pillows. Hmm, that's interesting. People are in their bed at night on their iPad buying iPad accessories because they're like, oh, I might drop this thing. Maybe I need a new case. They buy the case from their iPad. And my pillow stinks. I'm not sleeping well. I'm going to order a new awesome smartphone pillow from Brookstone. So on the tablet site of Brookstone, there's a whole section right underneath the navigation that promotes iPad accessories and pillows. Crazy. Not doesn't do that on the smartphone site, doesn't do that on full desktop. Just the tablet version. Just the tablet. They saw behaviors change from an iPad at a certain time of day and certain products being purchased. So they, uh, they made it easy for people to do those things because that's what they were doing from that. So it's like that example, just like every business can start looking at their own business in that way. Like you know, what it, types it, of things are people buying and when are they buying them? It's funny because it becomes this uh, self-referentiating, uh, you know, um, prophecy. Basically, is that you are in bed at that point if that's where everybody's looking, and then those are the first two words you see, right? Yeah. So you, you, yeah. you know, it, it might put it like that. It's fascinating. I love that kind of stuff. So, so once we understand that, how do you then create content that is fit for those champ those modes, right? One example would be like if you know if, if you use content marketing or what have you that the pay attention to the content that you read from your phone. I will bet you that the stuff that you actually engage with, and when I say engage, I'm counting like skimming. Right. Um, the stuff that you actually digest are the ones that are using huge, bold subheads, numbers, and bullets, and bucketing the sections of content. They're breaking down the whole article. That's why, like, five reasons to da da da, like six things that you know, all mobile marketers should know, like, you know, <laughs> that sort of stuff, it's readable, it's consumable, it's snackable yep. um, in these sorts of modes of consumption. So if you're presenting this long form content for your business, whether it's a white paper or whatever, you got to make it chunk, you know, chunks. So it's like it can, people can read it and skim it. And I don't need to read everything in between number one and number two. But if I can get the gist by just reading the headline of the first thing I don't need, I shouldn't be doing, got it. Are these things that I'm doing? And if there's something that I see that I've never seen before, then I go back and I dive into that piece of content. So how can you create content that you know is scannable, if you will? And a really interesting example that kind of leads into this concept of audio, and this is more towards like content marketing people, um, especially like, you know, I find it fascinating because I'm a podcaster. Um, <clears throat> there was a blog that I know of called Internet Business Mastery. Yeah. And they teach people how to build their own online online business. And they were one of the first podcasts to ever talk about internet business. So they have a lot of editorial content on the blog. You know, they have the podcast and iTunes, they got written content. They started releasing audio blogs. So they write something, they record themselves reading it, or if it's a guest blogger, they have the guest blogger record themselves reading it. I've done it three times for them. And then they submit the reading of the blog to the podcast feed. So it's, they're introducing a whole new level of content into the podcast. But what was fascinating is they shared some numbers with me, and they shared three posts. They were very much similar in, in, in numbers. But like the post itself, the written part, uh, the page would have received like 2,700 unique page visits. The, the same content, recorded audio, got 28,000 unique downloads. Come on. Swear to God. Like 10 times the 10 times the engagement? And what was great was they got feedback from the audience that listens to the podcast. Of course they do. How far they the, went through. One of the emails, so he sent me three emails that people sent them. One was 
oh my God, I didn't even know you had a blog. <laughs> because they found, they came across this, this podcast in iTunes in that world. They're an audio type of person and they never, I guess they never registered when they said go to this URL or anything like that. They just preferred audio. They got emails saying, oh my God, thank you for delivering content in a way that I want to engage with it. And then another person is like, oh my God, thanks for creating so much additional value. Keep it up. We want more. Wow. Like all they did was read and record what they wrote. So depending on your business, you need to understand maybe how people choose to engage with you because here is, if, here's a tweetable for you. You as a business owner, as brands, you have no business no business whatsoever how, when, where, and on what device your customer chooses to use to connect with you. You have no business knowing that. It's not up to you. It's not your choice. It's the right. customer's choice. All you can do is try to be there in a way that's going to give them the best possible experience. So I think people are just starting to get that, that like, I have no say in how my customer wants to engage with me. If they want to listen to me on, on iTunes or only watch my videos on YouTube and never ever come to my site ever, how can I make that person's life better on YouTube? So like, that is what we need to start thinking about is how do we deliver our content and connect with our customers in a way that is on their terms because that's what we have to deal with. So content consumption, how do we get there? Um, you know, maybe maybe it's audio, email. I mean, you probably talked about email, but that's like the most. I still think the most overlooked mobile channel. People are like, oh, we're not doing mobile. We need to do mobile. I'm like, are you sending email? And they're like, yeah. I'm like, well, you're already mobile. You're just not doing it well. <laughs> so, um, I mean, retailers. You know, I know a lot of retailers that see over 50% of their emails being opened on a mobile phone. Yeah. Like, yeah. I know um, there was just a stat that said. 51% of all email opens happen on a mobile phone. Yep. So, I mean, what fascinates me about that is that the fact that people are even opening them is impressive because there's so many things against you to even get your customer to open your email first. So, like, tell me if you do this. When you, unfortunately, we all, I, I know I do it. When I, when I, I'll say, I'll say me. When I wake up, the first thing I do is reach for my phone and I, check for email but when I see a bunch of emails I know I used to do this with my iPhone I have an Android now but um, you click that button in the top right it says like edit and you get all those little circles and you highlight as many of them as you can and then you do mass delete and delete all of them all because you want to like eliminate some sort of overwhelm when you actually finally sit down at your desk in the morning it's like oh I don't need these so well, that's that's fascinating so now the mobile device has become a filter for what email even gets read by us. Then you have the fact that the sender's name is displayed more prominently than the subject line. And most businesses either have a, a really long display name or their display name is like news at their domain or do not reply. At, <laughs> that's the best. Like, that's the best. It's I like, feel the love there. Yeah, yeah. That do not reply says do not open this email. Exactly. <laughs> do not reply. They will not see your subject line. So yeah. like there's no technology that changes that. Just have a display name in your email software, period. And then the next thing is the subject line. Then you have five to seven words to convince me, the reader, to open your email. So are you a good enough copywriter and do you know your customer well enough to intrigue me in five to seven words, give or take 50 characters or so, 
to get me to even open your email that might be the most beautifully designed responsive email ever. Like, I don't care if you have a responsive email template. There's no such thing as a responsive email headline, you know, <laughs> subject, subject line. So you can't just change the subject line knowing it's from mobile. So how do you then communicate things more clearly to get people to open? And I know a lot of retailers still bucket a lot of it a lot of information in their email and their subject lines are like long because they want to mention the 10 things that they have in their email, like the sidebars and all that stuff. And no, there's no one thing. Then you have the pre-header, which most businesses still don't use, which is amazing. Some email softwares actually don't allow you to use a pre-header, which fascinates me. But do you know the pre-header? Yeah. Yeah. So the pre-header is like the, I think it's like 140 characters or 160 characters of, it's usually above the header. So um, depending on if your consumer has this enabled on their phone, it's the first thing that they'll see below the subject line. If you don't use a pre-header, usually it's the first sentence of your email. So if your first sentence of your email is stupid and you know, it's like- Or an image. like Or fluffy, yeah. What what I love it is like, hey, uh, can't see this? Not, you know, not displaying properly? Click here to go to the website. That's usually everybody's first line, right? Yeah, yeah. So that's what people see underneath the subject line. But if the, say the email is all about like this massive sale, and you use the pre-header to say, you know, save up to X amount of dollars with this email co- with the code inside or whatever, like that might get me to open. So, you know, those things have nothing to do with technology. It has to do with common sense testing, testing so, your, so look, look at your own damn email on your phone, please. And then you go into the things like responsive email templates and, you know, making that snackable, big photos, large tappable buttons and stuff like that. So, um, so, Greg, on, on email, do you think that mobile has had such a great influence on email that, that um, I mean, content has to be created with mobile in mind now, obviously. But is yeah. it, it, you know, the, the old clunky newsletter has to be something of the past, right? So even if you're doing images with mobile, is it, do you, do you recommend like one action emails? Like you, it's the one thing that you want this person to do. Don't clutter it with crap. Just say, listen, if, if it's a sale, get them to whatever, your website, get them on the next stage. Instead of giving them 14 links, give them one. Is that is that something that you look at? Yeah, but in a segmented way. Yeah. In a segmented, targeted way. So I mean, like, you, it's now at the point where you need to collect more data about your customers so that you can send more relevant messages, no matter what channel we're talking about. Right. If you could segment better on TV, you should do that too. Like. You need to segment. So maybe you have five different types of emails that go out based on interest or behavior, and they're all focused on less, less uh, information and more like one or one or two simple call to actions. Yeah. Um, and you know you can get away with sending more emails because they're going to be segmented and targeted and timed appropriately. So, uh, I mean. I don't think email is dead either. I just think no. people suck at email. Hundred <laughs> percent. I'm with you. And I'm I'm probably I'm guilty of all of these things as well. I'm not selling product. I'm giving you away you know free content by email. But but you, you just got to think about think this through. Is it's yeah. it's so it's so simple. And and when people you know I talk to they say you know we talk about they don't think of mobile or email as a mobile strategy as part of their yeah. mobile strategy. They're thinking immediately. They think app right. They think about um, uh, you know a responsive mm-hmm. web. They think about spending yeah. a whole lot of money, and that pulls them back and say, "No, I don't want to do it." Right? Yeah. Mobile is everything. Yeah, I know. It's like I mean, it is to me. It is to you. So, no, well, no, but like, like literally, it is. Like, yeah. I had this conversation um, internally at Cabela's, and it was like, 
you know, they're showing like the hierarchy of the teams. It's like email team, mobile team, social team. And I was like, mobile should be a layer that goes across all of these teams because search is mobile, paid search is mobile, SEO is mobile, email is mobile, social is mobile, mobile is mobile. Like (laughs) your banner ads that you're spending money on are mobile. Like all of mobile has affected every single channel that we have at our disposal, period. Your payments are mobile, your in-store in-aisle is mobile, your location, your context, everything, it, it is. Your it's signage, almost, your, your in-store sign. sign, all that stuff is mobile. Like, yeah, but mobile your, uh, digital, affects all of it. Your digital out of home, your, yeah. your, your magazines. And all your, of it. I mean, it's all, yeah, it, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Okay, so we've got um, the way you can, uh, we, we talked about uh, audio, we talk about your content strategy, we talk about email, we talk about uh, the way that, you, that humans can, consume is that is yep. that, that good considerations is that enough yeah yeah and the last one i was going to say is is this notion of having a contact strategy which is how do you bring all these things together so like yeah i'm not saying S- i wrote a book about sms that doesn't mean you only need to be doing sms you need to be smart with email you need to be smart with sms you need to be smart with push all of these channels need to be used a different way and to communicate a different type of content and a different type of information uh in different context so, like, you know, your SMS can complement your email, which complements your app notifications, which complements your push notifications, which complements your social engagement. Like, but they're what, not the same. They're not the, the same yeah. message, right? Right. No, um, it could have the same overarching message. Yeah. Same but campaign, the, different message. Yeah. The call to actions are different. The incentives are different. The timing is different. Um, like. People are like, oh, push notifications are going to take away text messaging. No, because push notifications, people still ignore push notifications. <laughs> people can't ignore SMS. Yeah. <laughs> like, there's no way to ignore it. You will get the text message. And you know, like, okay. if you opt it in. And you don't have to like uh, with SMS. The ubiquity of SMS means you, you don't have to be a part of the app economy. You don't have to be the. You don't have to download the store's application. You don't have to commit at that level. But you you only dip where you want to dip. And maybe it's about through SMS is the only way you want to be communicated. You don't want any push. You don't want any email. But SMS is the way that you prefer, right? Yeah, I mean, it's just, and again, like knowing how people use SMS and like the open rates and how fast, you know, if you have something that is urgent, that goes to SMS. Like if you have something that's passive and not that, not as important or as much of a rush, maybe that's right for email. So like you need to understand the the benefits from each of the channels that they give you as a marketer and the way that the customer will interpret and receive them. If you're sending a text message on Monday about an event on Friday, that's not a proper use of SMS, right? Or, you know, that's that's as simple as that. (laughs) There's there's no explanation needed there, right? Right. So it's like, just understand how you should be using each of the channels and what they're good at. And then you kind of have your overarching message filter down into those channels with the little kind of special sauce of what they're each good at. Right. Well, now, so you've got all of these things. It's, it's fascinating. I, I do a, a weekly podcast on location-based marketing. And, and uh, you know, there's there's a lot of talk about contextualized messaging and marketing, right? So yeah. location-based marketing is one thing, but uh, in-aisle is another, a context, you know, weather permitting, uh, you know, time of day, all of these kind of things. So you've got SMS and you've got all these things we talked about, audio and the context strategy and email and and and. So how does that all land in location? Is, is there, um, are there, what are your thoughts on location-based marketing of pulling all of this into one spot where I walk in and at the right time, at the right place, you know, in the right frame of mind, I might be happy, the sun yeah. is shining, and I get yeah, the right. message that is going to turn me around and make my day and, and, and make me buy something. What would, does that exist? Is, or are we chasing something here that, that will never exist? 
I mean, people are chasing it. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, I think people are getting there. Um, is it effective? I don't necessarily know. Um, I mean, I can tell you that why everyone's talking about that. I'm going to be generating revenue by using simple things like SMS. <laughs> you know? You think um, it's too complicated? Like, do you think that like the premise is too complicated today? No, I, I don't think the premise is too complicated. I think the execution is too complicated. Um, and for a lot of reasons, it's, uh, it's uh, infrastructure, like backend systems don't talk to each other. The the scenario you just gave of, you know, I'm in the store, I'm in the aisle, it's the right weather, I, I'm standing in front of something that I have expressed interest in, but I have not yet purchased, like, all of that data actually lives somewhere for a lot of people. Right. The problem is accessing it, getting it in real time, and using it to intelligently message the right person that's actually standing right in front of the thing that they want to buy at that moment at that moment um it's hard it's not easy by any means i mean there's there's no software company that says like we have this platform that does all this stuff like it's you it requires developers that are really good with apis it requires the third party system over here to be willing to talk to the third party system over here but the IT company, the IT organization of the brand doesn't want to give access to anything to them, so they can't talk to each other. So then they start talking to each other. It's like it's it's operations, it's uh, technology, it's politics is why it's taking so long. Um, but at the same time, it's like I also I haven't really found too many studies that really show that it's working. Right. And they're like, everyone's been saying like, you know, people have been testing iBeacon. Like I've never, I've not once yet seen or, or received a message or anything like that through iBeacon or know of anybody that has received a message through iBeacon or know of anybody that has executed a campaign using iBeacon. So like, I'm just wondering like how, like most of this stuff is being piloted, you know, obviously like yeah. in a couple stores. Um, I just, I asked the question like, do you are you going too far um like if i'm standing in the aisle and i had expressed interest in something do i really need to get a message with an offer on that thing just to get me to buy it mm -hmm. like i might actually you know i'm different because i i'm obviously in mobile but like from a consumer standpoint like to get a message, it's like, hey, look on the shelf below you. Like, like that sort of stuff is creepy. What? What? what, what yeah, yeah. Like, exactly. What, like, what? We're watching you, and I can see that you want this product. Look down. Um, look down. Look. Oh, pick me. Pick me. Right. That's yeah. what you're saying. Yeah. I just, I just don't know if it's really that effective. Like, I got pitched so much by companies that um, were able to do like location-based SMS mm -hmm. constantly pitched by them and I said okay Mr. Expert location based SMS provider you tell me how I should use this nothing uh, <laughs> silence they don't even know right because they have not been they create a technology that does that could do this cool thing but it might not even work yeah. and location again is more somehow we're wrapping context emotions previous transactions purchase behavior we somehow we're wrapping all of that stuff in this like location bucket when really they're obviously all separate um 
location is just the enabler, yeah. one of the enablers. Yeah. Um, so I don't really know how I feel about it. I think I'm still skeptical um, that, like, you know, you'll see a case study that's like, ooh, we increased, you know, 200%. Well, you weren't doing it before. So obviously it did something. Like, it, it's good that it did something. You know, 200% of zero, great. So you had 200 subscribers, you know, engage with this thing out of the 4 million that come through your stores, you know, it's across true. the country. So it's like, you know, I just, I haven't seen anything there that like really has wowed me that I think warrants people focusing so much on that when they're not even getting the basic stuff right. And I think that that's, that's the challenge. We, we talked about this a little bit earlier is that jumping to the end before you determine what it is that you're trying to do. So, you know, yeah. location-based marketing, it could work. You know, we've seen some great examples around something like, um, you know, uh, Angry Birds doing a co-marketing agreement with uh, Starbucks. So when you walked into Starbucks and launched the app, it knew you were there and then it gave you a free level, right? So, you know, yeah. it, it, to, to bring footfall traffic in or grocery stores to me are the, the ultimate thing to be able to do this and not about, you know, pushing me something in aisle, which I, it would drive me up the wall and, and force me to, you know, to remove the application from my phone, but that give me some exclusivity, right? So when I walk right. into the store and I use like, we have a, we have, um, Loblaws up here that has a has a great little app and a loyalty program. But when I walk in the store on my thirtieth time, you know, give me a little give me a little perk, right? Give me something oh, yeah. that, that changes or invite me, um, you know, because I'm a member. When I walk in, there's a cooking class upstairs or what? We what something like that, yeah, right? Yeah. Simplicity, I think, is the key. Yeah, absolutely. Everyone's trying to like uh, when I, I spoke at um, uh, mobile marketers event in. The holiday one in September in New York, and uh, I, I made this comment on stage, like, all you people are out here talking about like how to leverage big data, you know, and I was like, but yet you guys can't even do anything with the little data. Like we have like the little amount of data we have on people, we can't even use that. Like, how are you going to use all of this other data that we have that you're trying to collect? Like. Yeah, petabytes of data, yeah, and, it, and you can't get the, the small things yeah, right. Like it's, it's like the grass is always greener, you know. It's like, oh well, if we had a little bit more data, we could do this. Yeah, shut for, up. For, <laughs> format the subject of your emails for mobile devices. Start there, right? Like, yeah, there, yeah, yeah. there's your big data, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Right? Truncate your big data into small text. <laughs> oh man. Greg, you know, I, I obviously uh, we've we've known each other for quite some time, and I, I I know the depth of expertise that you bring to these conversations, and I know that we always. Whenever we get together, we, we kind of scrape the surface of the stuff that you know. Um, but I, I, I do believe in what you're doing with the SMS Marketing Handbook. I love the strategy of, of a deep dive in, a, you know, in something like this and, and clarifying SMS marketing you know, absolutely 100%. So this is something that I, I highly recommend people go and download, go and buy, obviously, smsmarketinghandbook.com. And then for, for the other side of it is, is the, the podcast that Greg does is is this kind of quality, but deeper dives, shorter than mine, which is always good. Um, but th these are tactical, tangible things that you can do every day. He does this thing on Tuesdays called Takedown Tuesday, which he, he looks at, at um, mobile marketing campaigns, and he, he basically either props them up in a good way or annihilates them, and, and it's so great. So there's a, a, a huge amount of content. So I, I implore you, smsmarketinghandbook.com, and then go to mobilemixed.com, in iTunes, you can subscribe to the podcast. Go and do it for Christ's sake. Just look, take it from me. Uh, don't unsubscribe from this one, but subscribe to his as well, and you'll get a good combination of the two. Uh, that, th that's all I should be sending people to, right? Is that enough? You got yeah, that's you, perfect. Yeah. You, you don't have anything else, say? Eh, that, that's that you perfect. Want to push? Yeah. 
Ah, uh, thank you for doing this, man. Thank you. I had a blast. Well, you know, I, I mean, I, and I learned a ton. I, was, I got pages of notes here and it's questions. About that, time we did, it's about time we did this. Well, I know it's ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that, that's just that's just my fault. So listen, uh, Greg Hickman is our guest. He is the founder and the host of Mobile Mix. Go to mobilemix.com. Go buy his damn book, smsmarketinghandbook.com. You will not regret it. Subscribe to his podcast. Greg, thank you, man. Thank you. Appreciate it. For those of you watching, listening, whatever you are doing, my hope is that you're in the gym, maybe you're driving in your car, maybe you're doing the dishes, maybe you're sitting with your kids. My kids listen to my podcast. I force it on them all the time. Whatever you're doing, wherever you are doing that, thank you for bringing this and all the other episodes into your day, into your life. It is greatly appreciated. And uh, go and uh, subscribe to Greg's podcast and download his book, smsmarketinghandbook.com. We'll see you next time on untether.tv. Thanks, Greg. Thank you.